All right, welcome back to the ENC Leadership Podcast. And we are going to do something different today. I'm really excited for this. We are having a mini-series called, well, uh, maybe inspired by uh, Pastor Adam's book, Stop Taking Sides, Tensions. And we're going to look at tensions and leadership, not the topics he talked about. That, those are great, and you really should get that book and listen to it. But tensions and leadership, because as you know, leadership is rarely completely one side or the other. It really depends on the context, the situation, the goal, the people you're with, as episode one of the podcast said. So we're going to look at some of these tensions and really not get to a specific answer uh, just for that fits everybody. Instead, though, we're going to have a discussion and, and process this and look at the, the tension from multiple angles. And hopefully, wherever you are, wherever you fall on that tension, you'll be able to get the wisdom you need for your specific situation, especially knowing that it's not going to be the same thing for every person. And that's why I'm excited. We've got some really great topics coming up. Ones that for me personally, even now, I'm, I feel torn by. I find myself adjusting uh, in my relationship with them to, to, uh, to my team and in the situation where I'm in. And so for this particular episode, I have a couple of, uh, of our campus missionaries who are jumping on later on. Uh, Jello de los Reyes, our campus director in Imus, and Chriselle Wee, one of our campus missionaries in Malate. And, you know, they're going to look at this topic with me and we'll just discuss it together. And if you've got feedback as well, we'd love to hear your thoughts, your positions. If we haven't hit a position that you, that you see or there's an angle to it that you see, then we'd gladly see that. We're admitting this right from the very beginning of this series that there are many ways to look at this. And leadership involves us considering these different perspectives. For this per first tension, I want to talk about the tension between, as a leader, building respect and familiarity with your team. On one hand, you have respect where they look up to you. They, they respect you, like I said. They, they think that you're good, that you're worthy of following. On the other hand, familiarity. They like you. They can feel close to you. They feel like they can approach you for anything. They feel like you're not that different from them. And both these things can sometimes be intention. Respect is good, but too much of it, or if that's all we have, it can create distance. It can create a gap between us and the people we're leading because it's almost like, wow, uh, I can't reach you. On the other hand, familiarity is good, but then it can undermine respect. You know, uh, as the saying goes, familiarity breeds contempt. Meaning it's just too common. Uh, what is different about it anymore? And to guide us in this, I, I can't think of a better source of wisdom. And I uh, don't mention this enough, but really, this has been one of the most consistent sources of wisdom in my life. And that is The Office. Uh, and in The Office, there is an episode where Michael Scott was asked, would, I rather, would he rather be feared or loved? And that's kind of the tension we're talking about now. Feared or respected, loved, or people are close or familiar to him. And his answer was brilliant. He said, would I rather be feared or loved? Easy. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. That was his answer. <laughs> so stupid. I want people to be afraid. <laughs> anyway, uh, the office is really great. You, you, uh, I, I, I still laugh. It's my yearly pilgrimage to watch it again and, and refresh myself with the wisdom on leadership and building team. But, but the point there is you want to build the right relationship with your team. And like we said in the beginning, this is a tension. It's neither here nor there. And different ones among us will have a tendency to build 
towards one or the other. The downside becomes not that you have a strength in be building respect or in building familiarity. The downside happens when, as we've discussed before, in our insecurity, in our fear, in our anxiety, in our desire for control, we lean too much on one rather than balancing out with the other. Let me give an example. For me personally, I, I, I guess, you know, you could probably guess this from, from listening to the podcast, but I tend to lean more towards the respect and not the familiarity part. I tend to, to lead more that way where I want to show my team that I am uh, capable, I know what I'm doing, and they are making the right decision by following me. However, I don't do so well with being familiar, with being reachable, and I've had to work on that. However, before in the past, I would be very insecure about that. I would see my team laughing with other people, being close with other people, and thinking to myself, why, why can't they be like that with me? And I would come in, and you know, the joke I would say is, I wasn't the life of the party, I was the death of the party. You know, when Joseph shows up, it's like, you know, conversation's over. And my insecurity would get triggered by that, and I would just lean further into the opposite direction. Fine, I'm not that kind of leader. I'm the kind of guy who you don't like, but you need in moments of crisis. You know, and that was just me masking my insecurity by leaning more into my strength. And it wasn't until God dealt with that and had to, you know, I got confronted by other Christian leaders in church, uh, who I'm really grateful for, who said, "Joseph, what is going on here? This isn't right. You make good decisions." But you can't lead that way. You have to lead with a human heart, basically. And that helped me. I had to confront my own issues and lean towards building intimacy and closeness and a level of familiarity with my team. On the other hand, you've got people on the other extreme as well. People who are pretty good at building familiarity. They, they're one of the guys or one of the team. And the people feel like they can get, approach them and be close to them. And that's great if it's motivated by love and as coming from a secure place. But coming from an insecure place, that can speak of a leader who has a compulsive need to be liked, to always be accepted. And when that happens, it makes it difficult, if not impossible, for that leader to really lead. Because now they're leading with an eye to their team. Now they're leading like they're driving, but they're looking in the rearview mirror at the faces of the people in the backseat to be like, are you approving this decision? You can't drive that way. You've got to have your eyes on the road. Sure, you've got to check how the people are doing in the team, but you've got to check where you're going. And see, both of these, as you, as, as you can see, are products of insecure leadership, of a leadership that's not based on trusting God in His call, not coming from a place of security on the call of God, but coming from a place that I need to prove myself, I need to compare myself with other people, and that makes it difficult, if not impossible, to lead well. Instead, we want a mix of both. Respect. What is respect? They trust you. They follow you. They defer to your decision-making. Sure, you can have a conversation, a discussion, but when you put your foot down and say, guys, this is the decision, they'll follow. On the other hand, you also want familiarity where they'll be honest with you. They'll be open. They'll be able to challenge you. And they'll be able to build deeply with you as well. We want both. And as leaders, every once in a while, we'll have to make adjustments. We'll have to check our team and say, hmm, am I still doing this? Am I still building on this area? Maybe I've gotten, you know, gotten my mind 
off the goal and started deferring to my natural way of doing things. How do you know you're going too far? Uh, and I want to call up the other two now to jump in and we'll discuss how we build this in a bit. But how do you know you're going too far? One, with respect, it's no longer a healthy respect. There's too much power distance. That's a term that simply means when there's a person in power, we feel like they're so far above us that we can't be honest. We can't be ourselves with them. That's not good for leadership. That's not good for our team. If my team cannot be honest and transparent with me, if I find that they're going through back channels, if I find that, you know, and this has happened to me so many times, I'll bring up an issue and my team will say, Ay, oh, nga, yes, Joseph, we've been meaning, we've been thinking that for weeks. And I'm like, okay, why were you thinking that for weeks? <laughs> why would you let me continue for weeks in the wrong direction instead of confronting me? And instead of blaming them, though, I got to look at myself and think, why haven't I built an environment where they felt like they could say that to me right from the moment they heard it? Joseph, we love you. With all due respect, we're going to follow you. But that is a stupid idea. Please do not bring us down that road and don't waste any more time. That's how you know you've built too much uh, respect without building that intimacy, that familiarity. On the other hand, we know we're building too much on the uh, opposite end of familiarity when there's disrespect. Uh, when there's no professionalism, when the team becomes a a barcada, a, a, a club, just a group of friends, when you're unable to generate the trust you need to make decisions and now you require consensus every time. This could be a sign of, hey, wait a minute, are we still building the right way? So that's it. The tension of respect or familiarity. I'm going to call up the two other people now. Uh, Jello and Chriselle, but while they're coming up, I want you to think about for yourself, which one do you feel like you err on or you, you tend to lean on and how have you had to work to get to the other side um, to balance it out? Jello, Chriselle, hey, how are you? Hello, Pastor Joe. Hey. Hi. Hello, Hello Chriselle. Hello, Pastor Joe. Thank you for having us here in your uh, leadership podcast. Absolutely. And before we get to the discussion, I, I got to say, guys, this was Jello's idea. So a few, we had a mini series. If you listen to the last episode, we had a totally different series planned. But after doing that episode last week, and looking at the next two weeks, parang sabi ko, it's not that good. So I was open to changing it. And then Sunday morning, Jello sends us a message saying, "Why not do this?" You know. So thank you, Jello, for the idea. Yeah, you're welcome. Ano lang po yun, One of the moments na oops, light bulb moment. I was actually listening to your other podcast with Carla. Anything goes. Okay. And I had that idea. Yeah, because while I was listening to the two of you, I thought, uh, if only I could ask them questions while, you know, while they're talking about or discussing something. So, yeah, that could be a good idea. So, right now, uh, that's what I wanted to do. It's like, okay. uh, it's actually like a recorded mentoring session. So, for those, <laughs> uh, for those of you who are listening here, I know that while you're listening to Pastor Joe, you've been asking a lot of questions yourself, and you've been meaning to ask him that. Now, we, Cruzel uh, and I are here like your representatives. Hopefully, we will be prophetic or psychic enough to, <laughs> to predict no, <laughs> what, your, no, what your questions will prophetic be. Prophetic or psychic. Okay, so yeah. godly or ungodly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, before we get to that, kayong dalawa, where do you tend to lean? Or should we guess? Sige nga, guess mo, Pastor Joe. Yung sa'yo? No, ayoko mag-guess. Ano eh? Oo, pala. Mga judgmental 
Pero seriously, ikaw, Chriselle, where do you think you would tend to lean more? Um, I think, you know, I, I know I tend to lean more dun sa respect part. Um, I think uh, my personality sometimes plays a part. I'm not really, I, I'm not a person people can call cheerful. Um, mer- <laughs> siguro, yung, alam mo yung pag dumating ka, parang serious na agad yung air mo. Even if I try to be funny, okay, many times same, over, same. over the years, I've tried to be funny, I've tried to tell jokes. But especially when I do it, yung mukha ko naman, mukhang serious. So, hirap sila. And, um, yun nga, maybe when I lead nga with, um, especially with younger um, students, meron talaga akong sense na, kasi pag meeting, meeting, I want things done um, uh, fast, ayoko nang matatagal na meeting. So, minsan serious ako na when they're joking, okay guys, mamaya na yan, tama na yan. So, yun. And even with my team, um, I think yung comment nila lagi sa akin, I don't give off much um, um, verbal affirmation. Um, <laughs> ano ako, I think I give affirmation more through gifts and service, pero verbally hindi. Kaya joke nila, tuwing mag twing mag-affirm ako, sobrang big deal. Like, what? It's a big deal when you affirm someone. Yeah, when I affirm someone. Which is, I've, I think I've been getting better. Pero, pero yun, I, I, I think I tend to draw more on the respect side um, rather than the familiarity. Pero at the same time, I, I, while listening to you, syempre, I also want to manage the tension, especially with my, the t- different teams I lead. That I want, them to feel that I'm concerned not just about the work but <laughs> yeah. them as individuals which um, there have been times talaga na feedback nila sa akin especially when I was a much younger leader na sometimes they feel I'm just in it for the work yeah. and not for yeah. the relationships which yeah. I think naman if um, I talk to them now medyo na-refine rin ako ni God <laughs> in that area but yeah, you, that's Lord. where I tend more <laughs> And maybe we should thank God for for Andrew also, who's had to bear the brunt of that. And yeah, he's a more well. I guess he's the more more relational than me. So okay. I learned from him. Sharon, even with the students, because we used to do campus together. Sha yung mas more bonding. Even now, sha yung mas mag sasabi na let's let's bond ganyan ganyan. And I'm grateful for that. Not that I don't want to. But sometimes, yun nga, I just have difficulty just initiating it. Parang, yeah, yeah. It seems weird. Yeah. At lagi nila sinasabi, really, I would initiate a date with someone. Ang first question nila, ate, anong ginawa ko mali? <laughs> so like, I I just don't want that kind of image. So I'm trying slowly, slowly to, hindi uh, man rebuild, no? Pero para lang mawala din sana yung ganong negative na, um, connotation when it comes to me and when I ask people to build with them relationally. <laughs> right, right. How about you, Jello? Which one do you tend to lean on more? I'm a complicated person when it comes to that. I'm a hardened introvert. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm leading two teams. Eh. So, like you said, I am campus director of Every Nation Campus Emus. And yung team natin dun are uh, they are my friends. We volunteered okay. together uh, even, so you've known them for years. Yes. So, okay. mas naglilin kami. Yung difficulty ko was more on trying to build my leadership over them as yeah, yeah. as the one who's in charge and not as for sure that, uh, as a friend. <laughs> that's hard. Yeah, that's really very difficult. So nandoon yung isa because even though I am an introvert, you know, introverts when they are with their friends. Ano tayo eh? Parang we, we're loose, we... Yeah, you're we, home. Uh-oh. Yeah. 
we are more vulnerable. So, alam nila yon. They see that side of me. The other team that I'm leading is the enc.ph team. Yeah. Now, oh, when, the other thing, guys, Jella does is he's the editor-in-chief for enc.ph. So, any violent reactions or complaints you have about our articles there, he would gladly uh, respond <laughs> to personally. <laughs> So, yun na nga, no? when, when that team was formed, I barely know every any, anyone in that team. Kasi we were yeah, from yeah. different centers. Uh, we didn't know each other. So, mm-hmm. talagang ano, highlighted yung pagiging introvert ko doon. Super task-oriented. Yeah. And, yeah, you and mentioned, it's just like Jello, the genius editor-in-chief. Parang gano'n. Yeah. <laughs> so writers would rather write alone than be with the team, diba? And and I did. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's a challenge because kapaan talaga at first. And I couldn't even guess what they're thinking about me. Uh how am I doing as their leader? Yeah, uh, yeah. what do they think of me? So uh, the temptation was to to prove myself. Mm-hmm. Na, so that uh, in order to command respect, diba? Marang you need yeah. to, to to prove yourself na oh nga, ano, he's someone that I would follow in when it comes to decisions, etc. So, na, nagsiswing ako doon sa dalawang pendulum na yun. Uh, maybe that would be my first question. How do you manage that? Oh. Because we want to be, di ba, one of the foundations of, of a team is yung vulnerability, yung high level of yeah. trust. Building yeah. that kind of trust. Uh, how vulnerable is vulnerable enough that you are that that you maintain that level of respect from among your peers or among your teammates, but at the same time, there's no power distance, like yeah. you said. That's a great question. And before we answer that, I want to point out that what you both described um, really highlights why this tension exists and why there's no one size fits all approach. So Chriselle talked about her personality, and we could go deep into that. You know from from DNA to your parents to how you were raised to life experiences that helped you get to where you are. And then the other one that you described, Jello, is not just biological or, or you personally, but the circumstances. You know, So you've described two teams, one of which you're very close and familiar and intimate with, and the other one you're very uh, high distance. There's a lot of respect. I know those writers and editors love working with you. But yun nga, because you weren't a team that grew together, you're just a team that was formed together with common interests, common skill sets, and you're like, okay, you all are the ones who are good at this. Be friends and work together. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why the tension exists. Because we really have different ways of getting there. I think when it comes to vulnerability, um, and we get that question a lot, right? Uh, and I've heard that question for, for me personally, and I've asked that question as well. I think before we get to anywhere, we have to remember that in leadership, there are no, um, there are very few, uh, if any, like techniques that are infallible. And what I've often seen when it comes to vulnerability is people use it as a technique where I want to start just oversharing, I want to start TMIing, too much informationing, and then hopefully that shows you that I'm vulnerable with you and then, and then now you trust me, right? But if that doesn't come from a position of, of genuine concern or care and genuine competence, that's not, that's not going to get anywhere. So that's the first thing. Now, it can't be a technique. Secondly, um, very often vulnerability, 
as much as it's a good thing now, no, and I love it, and I've I've read Brene Brown and I've listened to her her TED talk and and other people's talks about vulnerability. It's good, but it's not an ultimate thing. You know, people tend to make it like a, a, a Christian virtue, a godly virtue. But there are ways of being vulnerable that are manipulative, that are just grabs for attention, you know. So that's not the goal either. I think the goal is to be less of yourself and to show love to your team. As that comes to that point, then vulnerability will show up at, at the right times. Now you realize, now look, if, if it's about you, like say, let's say now you guys are my team, Jello and Chriselle. It's about Jello and Chriselle. What can I do that will help them, that will bring them to where God wants them to be? Sometimes that requires vulnerability. Sometimes it doesn't require that. Because the, the time vulnerability becomes damaging is when it's being motivated by the wrong thing. Then it's just tainted. You know, it, it's, uh, it's, uh, it can be manipulative, like I said, or it can come across as just off. That people are like, I don't know what to make of that with you as a leader. You, you shared so much, Naman. I don't know if I can even respect you anymore. <laughs> so I'm sorry I can't draw a, a line. But I think those two guidelines, number one, it's not a technique. And number two, check your motive. What's the motive? If the motive is other-centered, other-focused. And let me add this. No? Um, I know we're talking about how people perceive you. Do they give you respect or do they give you familiarity? The problem with this kind of thinking, though, is it's really concerned about me. Like, how does Joe look right now? You know, like, how, how do, what do they think of Joe? What do they think? And, if you go too far with that, then you're just obsessed with how people are uh, are thinking of you. And that's that's not humility. Um, sabi nga ni C.S. Lewis, diba? Uh, humility is not thinking less of yourself. Yeah, it's not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, when it becomes about the other person, then the right behaviors begin to come to the surface. So I could relate to what Chriselle said, where I know I need to be more warm. I know I need to be more kind. And then I would do it, and then people would comment and be like, how fake, or parang hindi bagay sa'yo, ang plastic mo, uy, nakikitawa siya, nakikisama siya, parang ganon. And that would trigger an insecurity in me. Kasi totoo eh. And when that would get triggered, I would withdraw. I would be like, ah, ayoko na, ayoko na. They can see through me. Ah, it's embarrassing, diba? So I would withdraw and build up a wall. But you gotta get over yourself, Joe. You gotta get over the fact that maybe it does look fake. You never did this before, you know? If, if, if you were in their shoes and they saw the guy who's always frowning, always has one eyebrow in the air, and now nakikitawa ka, it's really gonna feel weird. Let them deal with the weirdness, okay? This isn't like they were in your head the whole time. So when I started doing that, na, okay, tatawa sila, makitawa ka na lang, kasi totoo naman. <laughs> Let them laugh and laugh along with them, then you'll get over it together. Uh, and then we can build the right way. So... There. I hope that helps, even though it's not a definite line drawn in the sand. <laughs> yeah, I think yung wisdom comes from knowing the motivation of your heart. Mm, uh, yeah. And if it's driven by... This is what I'm getting from what you said. If it's driven by insecurity and trying to uh, please people or prove yeah. something to people, then mm. ano siya, it could... Uh, always end up wrong. <laughs> yeah. Ano, para siyang ano hindi maganda tignan. 
it will be always awkward or parang mm. off off tingnan no? na unnatural yep. but if it's coming from a heart that wants to be genuine gen- yeah. to to build genuine relationship maybe not trying to think so much of the leadership title also mm-hmm. baka nandun din na <laughs> wait leader ako so you need to respect me but leader mm. ako so kailangan tanggapin din nila ako so maybe it's coming from that so insecurity nga yata talaga yung isa sa mga major factor why that's happening yeah yeah and ako naman uh well listen to pastor joe my problem naman is when do i be vul- when do i start being vulnerable parang <laughs> it's i don't even parang hindi ako masyado nag-o-open talaga about issues and all of these things. Siguro kasi parang may tendency rin ako not to think too much about it. I think what mm. God is really teaching me is that, yun nga, me not being vulnerable is not because, uh, most of the time, it's not because um, okay ako. Pero, ayok, yun nga, I don't want people to perceive me as vulnerable. May ganun naman akong side sometimes. Mm. So um like recently lang I I opened up to a friend um about something I've been going through for the past few months. It was mm-hmm. the first time I really opened it up um to someone apart from my husband. Tapos parang noong una sobrang tagal ko tinitignan yung text. Like what do I share this? Paano kung isipin niya nagpaparinig ako or like or ang week ko naman, di ba? I'm wow. full-time staff. I should have it all together. Mm-hmm. But then God was really pressing me to message this uh mga ilan din dalawa rin dalawa yata sila and then when i messaged um her i i just messaged her closed the phone sabi ko hindi ko titingnan yung reply niya i'm just going to <laughs> wait until i wake up woke up and then when she replied to me sobrang like god was also speaking something in her heart nakaminister siya din sobra sa akin but at the same time it, i think it was god uh, kaya tama rin to parang um showing me the, especially at this season it's okay to let down the walls a little mm-hmm. because just like you said it's also me i don't want to be perceived that way siguro yeah, yeah. nang tend ako to lean more on the respect side and i don't want people seeing me naman vulnerable as a vulnerable person mm-hmm. ayoko kung ma-perceive na iyakin kahit na may tendency ako maging iyakin so that's <laughs> so it's always an issue with me not about am i oversharing or am i but am i sharing enough do people know me Kanina lang, when you shared um, uh, kanina sa staff meeting and the question Pastor CJ asked, um, don't tell me you're okay. Bring me a person who can truly say you're okay. Parang napaisip ako. Like, sino, may tao ba talaga right now that can really say I'm okay? So, mm-hmm. that's on the other side naman of the, the fear to be vulnerable because of perceived self-image then Or right, an image right. na you've already built mm-hmm. and you're afraid now na of of changing it kasi nasanay ka na rin siguro na ganun yung image mo. Yeah. Wow, Chriselle, that's so good. And uh, I can relate to that uh, feeling. Um, I'm curious nga eh na we don't have to do it now, no? But to go into that in 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 your own processing with God and with, with Andrew, your husband, or or other people to be like, why do I have that fear? Diba? Paano, pa, ano bang meron doon? Diba? Ano ba yung problema ng pagiging iyakin? Diba? Because I, I know I, when, when I did that with myself, I'll tell you a, a silly story. You know, if you really want to see like a, a super insecure and, and childish side of Joe. I remember, I don't know why I remember this recently. I think I was downstairs with Carla and we were singing and dancing to something and acting silly. And I thought, why why am I doing this now? I never did this before. And I remember, 
when I was 16, I think around 16 years old, in our campus ministry in those days, so I'm 37 now, so 21 years ago, um, our my group of friends in the campus ministry and some of mga atit kuya namin sa church were like, oh, Joe, parang uh, kanina nagsasayawan yung mga tao ng praise and worship, but di ka sumayaw. Parang they were teasing me. Okay. And already, I was already parang insecure na hindi na ako marunong sumayaw. Tapos aasarin niyo pa ako ng ganyan, di ba? And so I wanted to save face. And I said, oh, I'm really not that kind of person. Um, uh, I prefer a more dignified uh, approach to life. And I said that, those are literally my words, I prefer a more dignified approach to life. And my, my friends, and yung mga kuya at ko sa campus ministry, sa ENC Makati those days, tawa sila ng tawa. I mean, they just started laughing. And I remember being so insecure na, I said, I want to be dignified, and now you're laughing at me. Alam mo yun? It, it just hurt. It just stung so much. It's the opposite of what I wanted. And I remembered it. I don't know why it, it, it came to mind recently. Nasabi ko, nakakatawa naman talaga isipin. And imagine like you're a 26, 27-year-old adult and you're talking to this 16-year-old kid who's pimply and very insecure and very awkward around women and uh, likes this girl and very pa-cute but thinks he doesn't, he's not obvious. I mean, like everything I was at that age, telling them I have a dignified approach. <laughs> There's this, sabi ko, Lord, grabe, no? Na... Ang patient mo pa rin sa akin. Ang, ang taas-taas na insecurity ko. Ang taas-taas ang desire ko na mag-project ng image. Pero sabi ko talaga, hindi ka naman talaga ganyan. <laughs> And you you were relentless in getting to the real me. You know, exposing that real me. And thank you, God, for for friends. You know, who who could see that. How stupid I was being. How 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 false what I was projecting was and still saw the real me. And didn't stop in in parang talking to that person. That was fun. <laughs> so, Pastor Joe, ilang, how many years have you been uh, director? And ano yung leadership role mo prior to being director? Yeah, I was the direct. I was asked to serve as the director of ENC Philippines in 2009. So 11 years. Uh, this is uh, by the end of this year, it will be uh, yeah 11 years. And then before that, I was leading the School of Campus Ministry for a year or six months. And then before that, I was one of the campus missionaries in ano, in Victory Alabang in Ortigas. Yeah, so as director of Every Nation Campus of ENC Philippines, you've been working with, uh, you've worked with many people na coming yeah. in and going out of, of the team. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> building and rebuilding and rebuilding and rebuilding again and again yeah. and working with different yep. people and throughout the, uh, those years of leading syempre meron mm-hmm. ka ding sariling journey diba ng yeah. uh, growth <laughs> uh, learning and learning or you know when I got married so many campus missionaries thanked Carla they're <laughs> 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 like thank you he's changed <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm glad you like my wife so much, but yeah. What What was your biggest blooper dito sa area na to now? Ooh, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. yeah. Commanding respect or trying to gain familiarity or a certain level yeah. of familiarity with your team. Wow, that's a that's a great question, and I've got bloopers on both sides because, like you've described, um, it's been a ano eh, um, a lot of people and. 
for me personally, one of my biggest joys in, in what I've gotten to do is are the people I've worked with. And I hope every leader feels that way. I hope every leader feels like, gosh, really? I get to work with these kinds of people because um, it's priceless. First, you know, like I said, my natural disposition is not to be close and not to be intimate. And, you know, I had a, they had a stern talking to with me. Um, pastor Gilbert Foliente, uh, who was one, he was a senior pastor for U-Belt and one of our, like, advisors for, for our campus ministry, sat me down and he said, Joe, we really see a lot of leadership potential in you. We would like you to consider taking over, you know, after the, the current campus, the director leaves. Um, he was going to transition to a different role. And so he said, uh, we think you should do it. And it was a little bit of a surprise for me. I mean, I knew I might be considered, but I thought other people could do it also. And I said, I don't need to. But I don't need to, but sure, if, if you think that's what I, you'd want me to do, then I'm open to it. And he said, but, and here's the big, but here's the problem. You are not good with building with the rest of the campus missionaries. Um, particularly, oh gosh, this is going <laughs> to... But it's okay. He goes, particularly the women campus missionaries and particularly the women campus missionaries uh, who are older than you. And that's because the, the other women who are my age and younger, I helped train them eh, in the school of campus ministry. So I'm like, okay, I know these people, but the ones who are older. Um, and so Pastor Gilbert was like, we are not giving you this job if you can't do that. We don't care how good your ideas are. A leader is only as good as his team. And if you can't lead the team, then we don't need that kind of person leading our campus ministry. <laughs> so it was like a, it's like a, hey, we see some potential in you, but this is horrible. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, I remember uh, having to build with them and even confronting my own issues. Like, what issue was And then I realized that, you know, um, it was a, oh gosh, this is going to sound so bad. Vulnerable, okay. It was a it was a personality thing, you know. For a lot of the people who I found annoying, it was a tone of voice thing. You know, it was like uh when they all got together, it was like, I'm I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. And the super judgmental me was like, gosh, I I don't like that. You know, I this is a ministry, we're missional, da 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 da. So I didn't want to build with them. But after that strong rebuke from Pastor Gilbs, I thought, okay, I got to do that. So the next several meetings, I really made a point to sit with them, to get to know them, uh, hang out with them. And like Grisel, I got a bunch of the, what's wrong? Why are you here? Anong issue mo? And lots of teasing to, oh, talaga, bumaba si Joe, para makikain sa amin, parang ganun, like all kinds of stuff like that. And just leaning in and laughing, admitting, yeah, yeah, this is my first time to do this, but I really wanted to get to know you better. And then getting to know them, realizing, gosh, these people ha have way more wisdom and experience in ministry than I do. I mean, these people, you know, the problems that I take me weeks to solve, they, they can solve it in an hour because they can see it coming. And they've become really good friends. You know? <laughs> and they became um, really good. So that's one, uh, that blooper in the beginning. The second one was later on, when I was already director, um, I had a team, and this team became really close friends of mine. We happened to be very similar in age. Um, 
well, I can say the names. No? Pastor CJ Nunag, senior pastor of U-Belt. Dan Monterde in Sydney, Australia. Babes Bato, who's now in London. Uh, Fiona Alvera, who's in South Africa. So these were like really, really good friends. Fiona's much younger than us, but she would hang out with us all the time. So our meetings would have so much life. You know, it was like chik chikahan, energy. It's, it wasn't dead. The problem was somewhere along the way, I began to notice that we weren't delivering as much. And uh, I noticed that we would have uh, deadlines in meetings that they would just blow. Like, hey guys, did we do this? Ah, oh, we forgot it. Next time, next time. Anyway, then kwentuhan naman. Then we would talk again. So it was like, hmm, this isn't good. Now, the insecure part of me was enjoying that they liked it. It was enjoying that, hey, my team likes me and they like being with me. But that's not all a team is for. Eh? A team needs to produce. So <laughs> I had to. So I prayed about it. And I was like, okay, the next time someone drops a deadline, I'm going to have to call them out. And if they make an excuse, I can't. I've got to. I'm going to pin them <laughs> on that issue. And I had a, a person on the team, Benoit. Uh, Herrera now, uh, Paul's wife, Benoit D, who was excellent at tracking deadlines. And uh, so I, <laughs> so we had a meeting. I'm not going to say which one of them it was. Um, and I said, hey, uh, have you done your part? And the person said, uh, uh, oh, no. Yeah, was that this week? I'm oh, sorry. I don't think it really was this week. And I said, I think it was. Ven, could you bring up the minutes from last week? Oh, we don't need to do that. No, I think we we do because you just question if it really was there or not. When could you bring it up? So it was like, you know, you really killed the mood. <laughs> and then Ven read it again. And I'm like, did you post this in the group? Yeah, so you all had a copy. And you, you all said you read it. So there shouldn't be a reason, right? And yeah, yeah. And to this person's credit, you know, such a pro. They were like, yeah. And so that the chattiness died down a little bit that week. But the next week, um, got it. Project was done, approved. We started running, and then the the life was back again. So, yeah. Every once in a while, as a leader, you're gonna have to make a, a course correction like that. <laughs> How did you rebound and, from that, Pastor Joe? Yung rebounding from that awkwardness and yung uh, tension yeah. in the friendship. In the ideal world, we're all professionals, de ba? And everyone yeah, would yeah. just say, uh, "Okay, I, I admit." And then let's go. Pero in reality, after that meeting, you will have to sit down together to eat lunch together or yeah. ask. Uh, tapos magkakayayaan, di ba? San tayo after? Or are you, do you want to hang out? Tapos ikaw yung, uh, <laughs> i-invite ka ba? Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. And, you know, when it comes to correction, uh, and I learned this from Stephen Mansfield, who is a member of our Every Nation Church in Nashville, who writes about leadership and church leadership and political leadership. Actually, one of his most fascinating side jobs is helping high-profile leaders recover from scandal. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. So someone who falls into sin or financial, I know, he helps them not recover, like cover it up. You know, it's, it's out. It's in the open. They're feeling the consequences. He helps those people with their walk with God rebuild their families. I mean, I cannot imagine a, a, you know, a job like that, how ta taxing it is. But he had this tip for correcting people. He said, if you're going to correct someone, schedule something um, a, a, like, a, like a social e event, like you're coming over to your house for dinner or something, or you're all going to go out and watch a movie. We can't do that now. You're going to have a, a Among Us party, right? 
and it's scheduled for, let's say, 6 o'clock. Meet the person or call the person an hour or however long it's going to need to take before the thing. So if the, the party's at 6 o'clock, meet them at 5 o'clock or 5.30 and then use that time to give the correction. The reason for that, it seems almost bad. Now you've tainted the whole party. No. The point is, after you give the correction, you're like, okay, it's over. We're done. And be normal. And by you going to that party and not making a fuss and not showing that the rest of the world that this person is on the blacklist, that this person is ostracized, but you're just normal, you send a signal to your team. Maybe they don't even know it happened. And you send a signal to the person that it's just a correction, it's just the issue, and it's over. It doesn't form the totality of our relationship. So that technique has a principle. The banner you want to correct or confront, but then go balance it off afterwards right away. So that's what we did. And uh, to the comment, to the credit of that person, um, super high character naman kasi yung taong yun. Pro, took it, and said, okay, great, and moved on. Didn't, I didn't even feel any, um, what's the word for that? Tension against me uh, when we did that. Yeah, the so, default yeah. the default kasi is to let it slide kasi you don't want to ruin the next, uh, maybe yeah, you're running an event yeah. or maybe mm-hmm. a youth service is happening in a few minutes or hours. So you let it slide tas hindi na na bring up. Yeah. I mean, there are times that you let it slide if it's not a good idea. You know, but as long as you're not doing it because you're afraid of the consequences. Because that's not leadership. And guaranteed, that's going to come back again. <laughs> and then you really won't be happy with that person. And not the poor person. You'll let them, you know, get really bad in that. Yeah. yeah mag- maganda nga yung uh, sinasuggest din na how to correct for those who are non-confrontational. <laughs> Ibang podcast entirely. Like, how do you avoid all the loops but at the same time? Kasi ako, I'm not really confrontational. So, minsan kailangan dumaan sa sobrang daming loops na hindi na mamalayan, kinokorrect mo siya. Oh, no. <laughs> pero kinokorrect mo siya. But yun nga, um, siguro... That it's more of with me, with peers, and those who are older. Or, but with mga younger, mas kaya mo namang i-correct eh. Dahil yeah. mga ganun naman siya. Yeah. And Pastor Joe, I think yung one thing na sobrang like nag-strike then when you were saying, and maybe this is another topic entirely for next time, yung how to work with people that you're not necessarily, ano ba, same wavelength, hindi kayo masyadong um, per- personality differences. Is it a personality difference or or like a character failing already? You know, like no, for it's, example, it's, oh, okay, go. it's really personality. And, and alone naman eh, parang you can work you can work with them naman because of the grace that God gives you. Pero like, minsan may, kung, if you had to make a choice and minsan di mo naman malayan na di-disregard mo na sila kasi alam mo lang na magka-clash kayo based on personalities. <laughs> so, honestly, I, I don't, baka may tendency rin talaga akong gawin yun sometimes with people, especially peers mo. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think maganda nga yung nasabi mo. I, I learned yung about yung when you started off as a, a director for Every Nation Campus. It's really finding what brings you together yeah. rather than what sets you apart, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, sometimes as Christian leaders, we might have the false burden 
that the people we lead need to be a barcada or our barcada, our group of friends also. And that's not true, you know? And I think that's a false burden sometimes that we want the team to be a barcada, to be a group of friends. I've had teams that have done that. I've had teams that haven't done that. And I'm not rushing. I'm not rushing to get them there. However, I want the team to accomplish its goal, which is that all members are fruitful and fulfilled in doing what our objective is. Um, so back to your question, Chriselle, if I find that we have a different personality, it's fine. You know, I don't need to hang out with you all the time. And that's often when it becomes stressful. Libana, I don't like this kind of person's trip. trip I don't like what he likes. Who says you have to? But a different personality, a different skill set is priceless in a team because you need people like that. So um, I'll give an example of a team member like that. Okay, uh, a lady babes bato in London, deba, and I've told you guys about it in the school of campus ministry. She used to drive me crazy. Um, she was born on February 14. Her name is Babes. Okay, so it's like love and sweetness and cheerfulness and relationships all the time. And so here I am. I'm just trying to get things done. Dan Montero just trying to get things done. CJ Nunag just trying to get things done. And Babes is like, but how do people feel? You know, but but what? How uh, they feel so sad? What can we do about that? I'm like, is everybody's sadness my problem? You know, I, I was just so bothered by that. But I knew we needed her because we didn't have many people like her. And so every time she would do that, I would sometimes give a tease, like, oh, babes, here you go again, they're bleeding heart. But also I would say, guys, that's why we need her. All right? That's why we need her because she's the only one who's going to say that. Nobody else in the team is going to say that. And uh, yeah, super appreciate her. And, and, and there would be times that I would say, babes, I'm really having a hard time believing what you're saying right now. I feel like it's too emotional. But I don't think you're wrong. Just help me because all of my personality is just like, what? <laughs> like That's really what I'm thinking with what you're saying right now. And so that kind of admission on my part as a leader, na, wait, di ko kaya, pero hindi ko sinasabing hindi ka okay. I'm not saying you're not doing the right thing. I just need your help, you know, in, uh, in uh, processing this or understanding this. So yeah, be grateful for the people with different personalities on your team. I'm so curious na taloy, Chriselle. Hindi <laughs> <laughs> naman sa every nation, hindi uh, naman sa ah, wala. Okay, okay. <laughs> sa Pasay. Hindi, joke lang. <laughs> <laughs> Kaya ayaw mo doon. <laughs> Ito pa, Pastor Joe, I, I think I have uh, my final two questions. Sure, First sure. is, yep, what we've established so far here is respect and familiarity, a leader needs both uh, mm-hmm. in the team. It shouldn't mm-hmm. we, we shouldn't fall naman do sa trap of uh, false dichotomy di ba, na we yeah. just want to uh, we just want one and not the other or yeah, yeah natin pareho. Uh, how does a leader gain respect uh, without sounding imposing or entitled good, good, or authoritarian yeah. Yeah. Especially we're working in the ministry, diba? And in the ministry, the default of the people are uh, friendly, uh, we're leaning towards grace and forgiveness kapag ka yeah, na drop yeah. na ball. But at some point, a leader must uh, put his foot on the pedal, uh, on, on the brake pedal eh, and say, wait, uh, someone needs to take charge. Hindi na pwede yeah, yan. Yeah. But how does, how does the leader do that? Nang hindi naman siya parang, wait, I'm the leader here, ah. uh, pakinggan niyo ako, or you need to obey and submit now. 
Yeah, that, 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 that's a good point. And uh, um, I think it's not just people in ministry, but very often Christian leaders fall into that trap where Christian leaders think, you know, like we've discussed in the podcast, that Christian leadership equals nice. And that's not true. You know, um, uh, it, it, loving is what we're after, not necessarily nice. I think, first of all, we got to fix the motive, right? Very often, the demands for respect, uh, exactly, like a, it's a demand, not because of love, but because of insecurity, you know, because of just being triggered by something. And I've had that happen with me. I've been triggered by a team member's comment. Uh, I've found, I've been offended and wanted to show off or talaga, talaga, let's see who's really in charge, you know, and, and to do that. And it's never good. It's never good. And part of the reason why is because it undermines the very goal you have. You know, uh, the Bible says that Jesus uh, humbled himself. Uh, uh, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, Philippians 2, but uh, made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. He humbled himself, being found in the form and likeness of a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. And that's a great pattern for 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 um, gaining respect and influence in, in, in the biblical sense. You make yourself nothing. You serve other people. It's not even to gain respect or influence, but to continue the service of other people. So, like that. If the if I say, you know, if you tell me, Joe, do this and you'll become more influential, mm, I'm not I'm not going for that. But if you say, Joe, do this, and, and, and ah, because we need you to serve, and in order to serve, then this is what you're going to need to do to, to be able to deliver a better service. Oh, okay, got it. Even in our own movement, uh, uh, part of the reason why, I mean, there's other reasons as well, now, why our movement has been so slow in embracing social media and going online, uh, you know, when we've talked about the bad reasons for that, the, the, the lack of willingness to experiment and all of that. But one of the reasons that I find really good is our leaders have always been reluctant to promote themselves. Pastor Steve especially, Pastor Manny, Pastor Gilbert to them. And so the first few times that they learned about social media, the pitch to them was, you do this and you'll be famous. You do this and you'll gain a following. And it was like, well, that was the wrong way. <laughs> to pitch to these people because that's not what they're trying to do. It's like, uh, no, I'm trying to serve, you know? And if you say that this is the path to fame and glory, I'm not chasing that. Though, In fact, the way we've gotten them, Jello, you've played a big part in this, to embrace this more <laughs> is to say, okay, this is the path to service. Ah, okay, a service to pala. It was like, it was almost laughable that when they got that point, that, okay, let's do it. So same thing. How do you gain respect? Serve your team. Serve your team. Be competent. Do a good job. Listen to the previous uh, episode of excellence. Deliver. You know, know what you're doing. Um, I mean, like small things every leader can do right now. Number one, you can, you can start having excellent meetings. There is no reason why any leader should have a boring, uninteresting meeting. All right? If you're bored with your own meeting or you fee feel like people aren't, you know, cut it short now. <laughs> And work on the tension next time better. Work on the the um, uh, getting getting cons uh, what do you call that participation better. Maybe that's an episode uh, down the road. You know, essential skills every leader needs to have. Um, delivering on your own uh, commitments. 
do that. You start doing that, people, you'll get respect. I think the other part of it is, you know, all of these things, whether it's building the familiarity and intimacy or the respect, um, it's going to take time. It's not going to happen immediately. In fact, the first few times you're going to apply this, like we've described, you're going to get mocked, it's going to get called out, uy, talaga, on time na siya. Alam mo yun, they're going to start saying stuff like that to you. But keep at it. And then it will pay off. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Joe. My other question is, uh, kanina, di ba, we discussed, and maybe it was highlighted na, the issue talaga is the insecurity of the leader. Eh. Yeah. So, either the compulsive need to be liked or respected. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Michael Scott. <laughs> so, if the key is for leaders to be secure, uh, yung sec- a leader needs to be secure, ano yung areas na yon? In what areas does that leader need to be secure in? And how does that person, or how can we as leaders build that security? Hmm. Interesting question. Napaisip ako dun ah. That's a good point that very often when, pe- when it comes to security, we are secure in areas. So like, for example, um, I'm generally secure about hanging out with the other campus missionaries who play basketball because I don't think I'm the worst one there. You know, and I'm... But I am insecure uh, when the group starts dancing and I have nothing to do and I, I, I get to the wall, I'm going to look like an idiot. you know. So, And I think the idea of being secure in areas is something that we can do because that's all we can do apart from Jesus where I can only be secure here so I'll stick to this comfort zone, this area. But that's why in this podcast we say over and over again, you know, our faith in Jesus enables us, releases us to be the kinds of leaders that this world needs. Because you could be secure, period. You know, fundamentally, intrinsically in yourself, no matter the setting, whether it's basketball or dancing, you could be secure because your value is now rooted in God loves me, Jesus died for me, He saves me, accepts me. Whatever comes out of this, it's going to be fine. I think when so, when our whole personhood, our identity is on the table. Diba na my performance determines everything about me. My gosh, that's your team's gonna feel that. <laughs> your team's gonna feel your neediness, you know? I know my teams have felt that whenever I get triggered that way. Like, hindi issue. You know, Joe's not talking about the issue. He's responding to something else. But also the times that, that you can just know God my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm going to be fine. I might be a good leader. I might be a terrible leader. But that has no effect on how loved I am by God and how blessed I will be in this life. You know, So then my entire personhood isn't riding on my performance. So yeah, it's not in areas. It's, it has to be in everything. And not has to be to pressure you, but that's what Jesus offers. Jesus isn't offering security in some areas. And then how do we do that? Is is really believing the gospel, you know, uh, like that, Chriselle. Let's go back to you, deba. iyakin. You don't want to look vulnerable. The gospel reminds us that Christ has forgiven our worst sins. 
so even being iyakin isn't even the worst of it. You know, there's other things there. And he's forgiven those. So, ano pa ba yung pagiging iyakin? When a team member... Con- <laughs> when a team member confronts me and says, Joe, you were insensitive. Joe, you were callous to me that day. Um, initially, my response is, no, I wasn't. I'm, I'm not kaya callous. Alam mo yun, to, to defend myself. But then I remember, well, true or not, we can get to that because maybe it's not true. But even if it was true, it wouldn't be the worst thing. There are worse things about me that I can't even say to you guys. You know, that I can't even say to my team that Jesus knows about. And he's still forgiven me for. So, yeah, I can admit to being callous. You know, I can, I can hear, I can at least hear this person out. Um, young. Yeah, and the beauty of it is secure leaders inevitably uh, make other people secure also. Now, mm-hmm. young teammates nila. So if a leader is so secure in his identity and worth, no matter what happens, no matter what failures or no matter what wow, people's yeah. perception uh, about himself would be, respect or gaining respect is a non-issue eh. No? Mm-hmm. But uh, he will always just be accountable to God, and he will. Uh, he he doesn't need to prove himself to others or impose his, yeah. his position. And at the same time, uh, there would be also no problem with familiarity because he would really just pour out his his concern to people, eh, and people would feel na I'm secure in my relationship with this leader also. Uh, yeah. even if I if even if I don't deliver or yung friendship namin or yung relationship namin as as co-workers hindi siya uh, hindi siya damaged just because yeah. of it. Yeah. Super well said. Yeah, that's it. Guys, thank you so much for uh uh our processing today. I feel like I personally um got more out of it. And I feel like we we went to areas I wasn't expecting. <laughs> um, how the gospel helped me with both, you know, the dichotomy, yeah. respect, familiarity. Yeah, or your willingness to confront the reality about yourself. Okay. Actually, um, oh, while you share ko, ano yun, parang may revelation na talaga ako why I'm that way. And it really stems from childhood. It really stems from um, how I was raised. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, during my victory weekend, sobrang doon nagkaroon ng light bulb moment that I didn't have to be that way. And siguro it's a constant struggle pa rin. Pero yun nga, I, don't know, mas, I think, yun nga, looking back, mas vulnerable naman ako. But I think what helps me continue in that path and to help other people then as well, people I disciple, people I lead, to not... Uh, not be vulnerable for the sake of vulnerability. Yeah. It's not really, uh, you can't say that you're an open person simply in open mo na yung life mo. Parang hmm. just randomly to people <laughs> and not really thinking of sometimes of the consequences of I your know. actions, especially if you're a leader. Para oh, sobrang oversharing. I think what, what helped me is, um, uh, you know, thinking of how I can build people up. What kind of. Um, uh, people, what kind of leaders do I also want to raise up in the future? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, parang I, I, 
what helps me then siguro as a leader is to to know that God already affirms me no matter what mistakes I make, no yeah. matter where I swing in the pendulum. He'll always remind me. The Holy Spirit speaks to us to remind us of whether we're going too far or whether we're becoming too familiar. And I guess one thing that I would really want to impart more to people I lead is to just be trust that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And whenever the Holy Spirit speaks, that we simply have to yield and to not become familiar. I guess siguro yung pinaka-fear ko naman is becoming too familiar naman with God yeah, yeah. to the point that para nakikipag-negotiate ka na. I guess what will really um, keep us long in ministry is that humility before God more than anyone else, more than our peers, more than the people we lead, more than our leaders, is that sense of humility before God, that knowing who we are, uh, the depravity of our sin, and yet God allows us to lead in such a capacity, especially at this season. Yeah. And to be able to as well, you know, be humble enough in this, in, uh, kung humble ka before God, I believe naman lalabas din naman yun in front of other people. Parang hirap naman na humble ka before God, pero ang dami mo naman pride <laughs> in terms of people. I believe we're all a work in progress. I, I believe one of the things that the pandemic I, is brought in us, it has given us more time to assess. Ayaw ko ako, like who I am. Agree. my uh, Kasi parang you're just confined. You have more time to think, more time to assess and process the relationships that matter and the relationships that God is continuing to refine. And I believe it's a good time for all of us as leaders, as followers of Christ, to go back to um, why we're doing in this the first place. And it's ultimately to honor God. And I know when we're honoring God in everything, all of our actions and the way we are perceived by others will follow. Maybe not agad. Alam mo yun? Kasi yeah, sometimes hindi yeah. naman, naman talaga siya lalabas agad. But eventually, parang as we honor God with our lives, it will reflect and other people will see it down the road. So that's what like sobrang na na realize ko rin while discussing with the both of you. Grisel, that's amazing. And I think that's a great place to end on because we started talking about about how we're perceived as leaders. Like Michael Scott said, he wanted people to be afraid of how much they loved him. But what you're saying now is that if I keep our eyes on God and on the people we're leading, then the right behavior for ourselves will will show up from there. Uh, so I love that. And then also the idea that the Holy Spirit guides us. Because, you know, with this series and with men, most leadership decisions, it's not really a, a hard and fast rule. You know, it's stuff in tension. It's stuff in context. It depends on the personality of you, the people you're leading. And that's why the guidance of the Holy Spirit is super critical. So that's it for our first uh, Tensions episode. Hindi naman tayo naging tense. It was good talking with both of you. Uh, Jello, Cresel, thank you so much um, for being here. And for those of you listening, this has been the ENC Leadership Podcast. Um, you can find us on Spotify and on uh, iTunes and anywhere, anywhere else that podcasts can be listened to. And you can find the show notes on encleaders.ph. If you want to talk to me about this podcast, please do it through my Instagram at Campus Joe. Uh, that's it. You guys want to say goodbye uh, as we sign off? Yes, thank you, Pastor Joe. Thank you. All right. Thank you for being here. And great idea, Jenna. Chriselle, thank you for what you shared as well. See you guys. Bye.